I'm Jack Senlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2016 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series. Today's program, Talking Technology with the Precision Farming Dealer Advisory Board, is once again being brought to you by Farmer's Edge. As always, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast with your favorite app, and our series is currently available on iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Subscribe to get an alert when future episodes are released, and if you have another app you use for listening to podcasts, make sure and let us know, and we'll do what we can to make sure it's added to our list. Thanks again to Farmer's Edge for supporting this program. Farmer's Edge is proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow the opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at FarmersEdgeUSA.com slash become a representative or give them a call at 952-582-1398. Well, I've been fortunate during the last several years to get to know a diverse group of dealers in the precision farming industry, and in 2015, we assembled our first ever Precision Farming Dealer Advisory Board. And In addition to helping shape the editorial direction of the publication, board members have been collaborative partners, exchanging ideas and advice with a goal of being more productive and profitable business owners. Members of our board include Ken Diller, Precision Farming Network Manager at Huber Inc., a nine-store Case IH dealership group based in Intercourse, Pennsylvania, Dave Nelson, owner of Brokaw Supply in Fort Dodge, Iowa, part of the Ag Solutions Group, Brent Weisenberger, Precision Ag Manager at South Dakota Wheat Growers Cooperative in Aberdeen, South Dakota, and Tim Norris, CEO of Ag Infotech, an independent precision dealership in Mount Vernon, Ohio. One of the objectives we had with forming the board was to meet at least once for some face-to-face conversation. And we recently had the opportunity to do so, gathering members for a casual dinner meeting in Indianapolis. During three courses and more than two hours of stimulating conversation, we touched on some of the topical challenges and opportunities each member is facing today within the industry. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast, brought to you by Farmer's Edge, we bring you highlights from the advisory board dinner. We jump right into the conversation with some perspective from members on staying relevant in the precision industry through partnerships. space for precision agriculture with weed growers, it's how in the world am I going to compete with Monsanto, and maybe FBM, the big data play, because the the margin that we're enjoying on our precision data services, the MZB side of our business, are going to erode, because they've got just largely scalable uh, platforms, which ours is as well, but they've got a bunch of money back here. 
So for me, to keep up in that space, it's probably, I have to be thinking about collaboration and APIs uh, to where I can secure the MZB platform, not only within Uyghurs, but our existing customers to ensure that it's going to survive and it can coexist with those other companies. Mm -hmm. That's one. The other one is probably really honing in on relationship management with some of those big companies. John Deere just fell into that with the precision planning acquisition. So, which we've got a really good working relationship with John Deere and I don't ever see him pulling that dealership away from us when their normal John Deere dealers start to take over some of that, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, I see collaboration as the only way that we're going to be able to stay relevant. I mean, we can deal with all the hard That's That's not the issue. But the data side of the business, we can't, there's no reason why we think we should be able to do it better than a lot of other people, but there's still a space that we can fill. But knowing how to fill that and be able to also work with all the different private, independent people that work around us is going to be a challenge. Because some of them, not only do we have to work with them, but we, we sell them pieces also. And so, They're your customer. That's right. Yeah. So there's a fine line to be drawn there. Uh, we got to figure out a way, we got to figure out how we can do that so that it benefits not only our customers, but us and Fertilite. Mm-hmm. Or whoever the applicator is, and that's that's going to be a challenge going forward, I think. And, and, and I think we've typically in the past worked with the, the innovators and the, the ones just on the far side of that bell curve. Mm-hmm. And there's not going to be any black box program that I think is really going to do what they want. And I think it still has the potential with boots on the ground and local agronomy to have a niche in the data for those growers. Maybe not that vast majority that really doesn't care, they just want a PRT prescription map, but I don't know that that's really the ones we want to target anyway. What we grow and be as huge of a player on the data side that some of the others are. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you can't compete with them, especially a company my size. But I think we still can work with certain growers. And I think the opportunity is there's going to be a lot of grower dealers that decide to get out. And we may get some good buys or collaborate with them to keep them from going out. But I think there's got to be some opportunities. What, what kind of dealers will be going in? We'd like some precision or precision, precision dealers or some ag leader dealers that just can't, they're not big enough to make it mm-hmm. an independent ones. But I think there's an opportunity to maybe pick up some of their market share and even hire some of their employees or have them point up with us. Or Take something. them under your umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Dave? So... We're a fertilizer equipment distributor, so we, we cover, we have a store in Iowa, a store in Minnesota, a store in Missouri, and two stores in Nebraska. So we're a short-line dealer, more or less, of so Blue Jet, Miller Sprayers. 
And so that, that's our space. So our largest customer, it, it, when the farmers got a lot of money in the last five, six years, the farmer became a big part of our business, buying their own hydrous applicators and that. But now what's going to get us through these next years is our co-op retailer that we're selling two of ours to. And so we got big in precision agriculture. We almost got too big too fast. We're just kind of doing too much splashing. So we pulled in now and scoping in more. And so our big consor- so we're not in the data piece at all. Just we're staying out of that because 60% of our customer base is trying to do it themselves, that large retailer. So you're not going to go sell them a toolbar and then drive down the road and try and manage just customer's data. So you're not going to do that. So, so we've been in, we're in the hardware side. And so it's concerning a little bit as, as Deere comes on and brings in more. As, as more of it goes to the OEM, it's going to be harder and harder when the controller and everything's ISO in the armrest and all that through the Deere, through the red. It's going to be harder just to be that, that hardware sales. But, uh, but on the flip side, too, being a short line, we don't answer to one color, to, to John Deere or to Trimble, Case, and all that. We can be colorblind and, and serve our customers no matter what they want. And so that, that's our concern is just finding our space in that. And we cover such a big geography, it would be hard to manage data because we're, we're all type. But that's, I, that's simple for you because you don't have, like, a lot of the guys were wondering whether to get into the data or not. You've, you've already yeah, defined your data. we've answered that. So our, so our challenge is how do we add more services or more support so we can stay in that piece? A lot of times the customer that comes with the Blue Jet piece, he, he's not the only seed green to where we can tailor our toolbars so much to this and that that a deer's not going to. And, and I refer to deer. Deer's getting real strong in Iowa in the fertilizer application business and that. So, I mean, that's... The more we can stay niche and specialty and do the planter starter fertilizer kits and infurrow injection stuff and do little niche pieces. We're pretty big in bulk seed equipment, like at your local Pioneer dealer or at your retailer putting up the seed treaters and the bins and the conveyors and all that. So on the precision side, I mean, we've answered it. We're not going to data because we can't. But we still got to stay strong on the hardware side because the hardware is what controls everything that we sell the farm. When we try and sell him a Blue Jet toolbar and he's got everything else John Deere, we want to make it plug and play as much as we can into his ISO system to where he buys the Blue Jet for what it is and it's plug and play into whatever system. You guys mentioned collaboration. That, I mean, that seemed to be a theme. That's something I'll hear a lot too, talking with, with dealers. I mean, it's hit, people kind of seem to say that's, that's going to be the future. You know, we're going to have to find those partnerships what are, what opportunities are you guys seeing I mean, is, is it exclusively on the data or are you guys seeing other opportunities you know not so much you know adding maybe some of those additional lines but you know when you're talking about your business in precision I mean what other potential is there when you're talking partnerships or APIs I think it opens up opportunities when you start to <coughs> If you can put together the right package that makes it advantageous for each one of you, it opens up opportunities, at least for us as an iron dealer, to not only sell precision products, but it also opens up opportunities to sell iron. Yeah. You know, and along with that, if if the services come along behind it, that the small data management services come along behind it, 
that allows us to be able to help the fertilizer dealer sell more fertilizer in that instance. Uh, it's a win-win for all of us. Whether that can all be accomplished or not remains to be seen. But uh, really, if, if we just feel like if we don't collaborate with somebody, uh, we're done. We're dead in the water right now. I mean, I mean, we can't, as an iron dealer, we can't go any further. Mm -hmm. There's basic data management services where we got to draw a line. Mm -hmm. We're done. Right. <clears throat> when, I mean, you guys, I mean, I've talked with a lot of you guys about just the regulatory impact that things are going to start. I mean, especially, you know, for you guys, where you're at, and, and I mean, obviously anywhere, though. Um, for us in Iowa, it's coming. Iowa's yeah, got the sure. three state and the three counties that were sued by the Des Moines Water Works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And something's going to come out of it. I mean, it may not be the lawsuit, but there's going to be actions. It's bringing enough attention to it. And that's why they're doing it, is to get attention to it. I mean, it's a political thing. It's where it's... And that's... The more we conserve that niche of the marketplace of fertilizer application... Ain't no John Deere dealer, the, the international fertilizer equipment dealer in Iowa doesn't, is not innovative and ahead of the curve on that stuff. So, I mean, that's where we'll beat it as being innovators, to your point. We'll jump right back into the dinner discussion, but I again wanted to thank Farmer's Edge for their support in making this program possible. Farmer's Edge is proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow the opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at farmersedgeusa.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Having a seat at the table during the dinner conversation, I remember the group being very aware of the need to not only work within their respective regions, but also explore the potential for broader partnerships or business opportunities. The motivation being that while precision farming isn't a local industry, it's certainly one that can be adapted to serve a particular segment of farm customers. By adapting the best practices from other regions or even other dealerships that are going to apply to your area. Let's jump back into the dinner conversation now and get the board's take on keeping ahead of the competition. So how do you guys see kind of your competition changing maybe in the next few years? I mean, do you, do you see that evolving? I mean, who who you guys are competing with now versus, you know, how that's going to differ in two or three years. I mean, you, you, know, you talk a little bit, obviously, about the partnerships that are going to take place, but is that going to kind of have a, an outside influence on, on what you guys are doing? And it, is the competition going to evolve for better or worse, and, and is that going to have an impact on what you guys need to plan for? Or do you guys have any thoughts on where you see 
I always <clears throat> the thing that keeps me up at night is our our competitor, the North Central Farmers Elevator, uh, the Full Circle, uh, the people around us, is that there's going to be a better widget, a better mousetrap in the software space that's going to trump what we're doing. Um, but <clears throat> having the right team members on staff, like Jamel, and um, having the ability to, to look at the next project, I really feel like um, as long as we're looking forward, um, Jamel, I tasked him this spring, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, we're going to be able to bring, we're going to be bringing our as-applied information wirelessly back from our cabs of all of our application machinery. And we're going to get 10 growers, we've identified 10 growers, we're going to have a grower panel, and we're going to explain to them what they're looking at on this map, because they're not going to like what they're going to see with as-applied information. They're going to see the actual rate um, that depending on if rate smoothing is turned on or off on that <laughs> Raven display, they're not going to see 10 gallons all the time. They might see 7 and they might see 12. And just to, you know, serve that map up in different formats, how do you want to see it? And uh, for next fall, I'll be able to offer that to every week, every customer that works or does business with wheat growers. And what that does is solidifies the trust in the local co-op. If we're giving them the information back, the they're, real, they're always the doubting real, what not, we're doing. Not a coverage map. No, mm -hmm. they're the always real. doubting what we're doing. Yeah, here it is. This is what we did, and it's going to step up the game with our, our applicators because accountability. Yeah. Accountability is going to yep. go from here yeah. to freaking right here, where this is where we want it to be anyway. But they're going to be, be forced to make a change if they're doing something wrong today. And I, I told our leadership team going into this, this spring here, I said, it would be really awesome to do a customer survey right now and yeah. figure out what our trust level is with our customer base and then in two years do it again when we're serving all this information back to you. I think as long as you try to position yourself with the next, try to stay one step ahead of them, you know, mm -hmm. that's... Well, there's leaders and there's followers in this industry. You soon find that out. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're the guy that's out front leading, everybody else sooner or later There's picks a, up on what you do. You and have, there'll be some iteration of what you've done, and they'll be trying to adopt it. Yeah. But the trouble is, they'll be four, three or four years late. It's your what's your X factor? So I gave a presentation one time. What's your X factor? Your X factor is only as good as it's only as it's only good as long as until your neighbor starts doing yeah. it too. But. You should be on to your second, third X factor when they're just, oh yeah, we got figured out what mm -hmm. Tim's doing. Yeah. When we opened our innovation center, got all these customers there that were really wondering why we growers spent four million dollars on this facility, which three fourths of it is a shop for the existing location that has completely outgrew it, their existing shop. But. Um, the presentation that I gave, or the little short little speech, I said we can choose to ignore technology. We had a lot, we had Mavericks there, we had uh, Climate Rep, Precision Planning, Ag Leader, um, Reichart, James was there from Reichart. We had a lot of reps there. SDSU was there uh, with some of their equipment that they're working on um, that we're collaborating with. And I told the producers we can choose to put our heads in the sand and hope all this 
technology goes away and we, these smartphones disappear and technology doesn't advance, or we can have a center like this where we can embrace it and um, bring people in and train. And I said it's not about just all, all you farmers in the room, it's about you farmers and we had employees there, our agronomists. Your, I said it's about our agronomists, agronomists as well, yeah. our applicators. So we all need to keep up on this and there's only one way to do it. And we need a facility like this to, to keep inspiring. And that's, a lot of people came saying, you know, they hated that we spent the money, but after they came and they saw that and they left, they were like, we need to get our neighbors in here to see this. This is cool. So, I gotta get out there and check that out. Mm -hmm. I'll come in the summer. <laughs> That's July. I'm home with you this weekend. <laughs> Third week of July. They're saying negative 40 wind chill on Sunday, so That's it? come on up. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You take you in a snowmobile, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bring my shorts. <laughs> you put the dogs at the airport. <laughs> All right. I don't know, Tim, what's your, what's your take on it? I mean, you know, you're obviously. You've kind of carved out where you guys are, but you've got a fair amount of competition too that you're dealing with. I mean, how do you how do you see them kind of evolving and, and maybe forcing? I mean, not forcing you, but obviously that'll they're forcing us to be better. Sure, um, that's for sure. And before there was very little competition from the local equipment dealers, but they're trying to step it up. Um, They're getting better, but, but it seems like they're still several steps behind. And mm -hmm. if we slack off, the gap's going to close. And we've got to make sure that we guard ourselves and we stay on that second and third thing to keep us out ahead. And, and that's what my challenge is. And it's one of the reasons that I separated myself from the day-to-day -day stuff in the business is to try to figure out what is that next step. And thank goodness Matt agrees that that's what we should do. And I get bored with day-to-day -day stuff anyway, so I think it works works very well. But I really do think it's going to be harder and harder to stay ahead, especially when you start seeing these big companies getting into the data side and throwing their millions upon millions of dollars into it. You know, how do you, how do you stay ahead of that? So we're going to have to. I think find our areas that we can stay ahead of on and really focus on those instead of trying to catch up to them because I think it's a race you can't win. Thank you to members of the Precision Farming Dealer Advisory Board for making the time to sit down with us for a dinner conversation, and we hope to have the opportunity to do so again with you in the future. For our listeners, once again, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. Certainly a takeaway from being at that dinner table was that there's not a singular approach to building a profitable precision farming business. Each board member certainly had their own core objectives, and that helped define the scope and goals of their business as a cooperative, independent, OEM, or short-line supplier. 
Certainly like to get your thoughts on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzamlecka at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. You can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our e-newsletter and be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. And again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for helping make this Precision Farming Dealer podcast series possible. I hope that you'll join us again on July 21st for the next episode in our 2016 podcast series, Taking Calculated Chances to Build Your Precision Business, with Jim Strader, owner of New Holland, Rochester. For the advisory board members, Farmer's Edge, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Zimlicka. Thanks for listening.